Welcome to Let's Talk About Shreks, an episodic review of today's visions of the future featuring Earl Grey and Jack Dorino. This is Star Trek Discovery 3X11. Sukal. 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 <laughs> totally the cat's name. I. It's Grudge, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's 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 the alias. That's the name that she's letting people call her, uh, and she hasn't told anybody because Stephen Book doesn't know that she's. Well, maybe he barely knows. Yeah, he maybe knows he's that she's a queen. Spice. Yeah. So I'm still lost on like I don't really know whether he's talking about you know whether that's the name of you know like is he is he doing a play on words or like is she an actual queen? I guess this is the question they're supposed to be giving us. I mean, maybe they wanted those questions open for, you know, speculation, and so they can do something with it if they want to later. <laughs> but they're not necessarily going to do it. For a second there, because I only glanced at it, mm-hmm. but the black guy in the picture kind of looked like Culpepper. Maybe it was just because he has a beard. Girl. <laughs> they I, all look like you. No, they don't it was... over's like latino <laughs> no he's not yes he? he's 100 latino yeah okay i don't watch the show so i don't know and like i said for just a millisecond I mean, like as the i color of my he's like tan colored i only looked at it as long as i had oh, looked up from my you can screen tell, you can tell and then it immediately shifted over i still want to <laughs> know what the f- this thing is you can tell Kappa de la linga it's like what's what's kappa well, besides the thing that protects children from yeah, <laughs> YouTubers. From you. <laughs> Me? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Me? All right, so let's, uh, let's talk about some tracks. And actually, you know... Um, You're still going? <laughs> <laughs> You're still in that conversation? You know, well, I have to... Wait, I'm going to cut... All, obviously, all that has to be cut, right? <laughs> so now it's time to move on. Okay. And at some point, I will stop eating Starburst. I mean, pink Starburst. Because you only like pink that. ones. Well, they're coming back like that. They come mm. in a bag of only pink Starbursts. Really? Yes. And I found that those are, those are, <laughs> although they are not good for talking, <laughs> they are good for um, sucking for, on, <sighs> putting your <They're> mouth. <laughs> okay, they're good for um, getting my energy up. Mm-hmm. Gonna be silly during this podcast. <laughs> there are some lines of silly that we should not cross, though, on the air. Uh oh, we took a left turn in this season, did we not? Oh, in this season, hell yeah, yeah, man. We took, we actually took like a 180 degree turn. Some people call that a 360. Like some people, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I've worked with like around, with a lot of people who are like, you know, um, starting from scratch. You know, something happened in their life and they're rebuilding and. And you know it's good to it's good to see them turn themselves around, but it annoys the living life out of me when uh, counselors and other people you know that I work with, whatever, they're like, yeah, he made a total three sixty, and I'm like, what's well, that's that's not, that's not what you mean? And they're like, yeah, no, he made a full three sixty. I'm like, no, you don't. That's not what you mean. He made a three hundred fifty nine. No, oh. you mean a one eighty. Is what you mean? Because well, if he was in the wrong direction, so they turned around and now they're going the right direction. If they did a 360, they're still going you're... in the same direction. <laughs> you're right. You're right. They completed the 180. Is um, what they mean. That's what they. That's exactly what they mean. 
Because, yeah, a 360, because I made a 360. <laughs> I made a 360. I was completely or, sober. I mean, yeah, that... And then I turned around and went the other way. That's a 360. <laughs> they, they, I'm sorry. I meant they completed a 360. No. By going 180 and doing the rest of, they did a 180 and then they returned back to their original path by, but so they completed okay. a this 360. Oh, uh, okay. That's what, I'll give you that. But that's not what they're saying. What they're saying You're is right. that's not what the they're person saying. Was, on the bat, was on the wrong path. They turned themselves around on the right path. If I put, if I stop eating these pink Starbursts, then I'll have done a 180. <laughs> but if I go back and I eat Starbursts again, I'll have made a 360. Look, I'm doing it right now. Ow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See? 360. I mean, a whole 360. Look at me. <laughs> Look what I can do. Oh, you guys can see that. <laughs> do you have to make them into, do you have to roll them into the cylinders first? Shut up. How do you know that? <laughs> How do you know that? You just tend to like sausage. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> I was really glad. Really, uh, let me try. Okay, Starburst. Okay. Here's a, here's a helpful hint from one podcaster to burgeoning possible new podcasters. Sure. If you are going into the studio, Mm-hmm. I recommend maybe don't take a pocket full of pink starbursts. <laughs> or if you take them with you, don't eat them. Or don't, like, maybe put them out of your view. Because now that I can see them, I want them so bad. Uh, <laughs> the, um, okay, so. You want that sugar. All right, so to bring it back, to, to make a, okay, so now I'm going to make a 360. You see what, I'll, see what I'm doing here, right? <laughs> so I'm kind of glad after that left turn that we had the recap. See what I did there? That was a 360. Mm. Because I was like totally lost. I was like, "What the? Wait a minute! Like, what's happening on this show? Like, I don't even know what's happening on this show." Oh, recap! Oh, thank God! <laughs> I'm waiting for the episode to start. I'm like, "Uh, what is this show about? Um, <laughs> is this the one where uh, hmm, Data has a cat? Because <laughs> we had a whole like, we had a Guardian of Forever moment. That was pretty fracking dope. We had no. Pippa." goes off and experiences whatever we went we made our our return to the mirror universe and the second time around was pretty awesome mm-hmm after a total disaster show of the first time around ah man you know what I'm kind of okay with the first time around uh, I'm uh, I'm sort of review I mean we can call it disaster if you want to call it disaster I'm calling it based on my first experience with it okay when, when we were back there, uh, how many months now? Uh, one doing day. The re- <laughs> doing the record. <laughs> well, I was trying not to break the fourth wall. Oh, yeah, yeah, my bad, my bad. Yeah, all those months ago. <laughs> in 2020. Oh, let me tell you something really quickly because it just caught my caught in my ear. I was planning on letting you talk for a while because I put a starburst in to stop myself from talking. But then I mentioned 2020. I remembered 2020 makes me, like, just the thought of 2020 makes me cry. Like, it brings a tear to my eye. Oh, you know what? Chicken butt. I was watching an episode of Expedition Unknown. Mm-hmm. Get out your bingo cards. And it was the episode, I, I was watching it on Discovery Plus. Which uh, just, should if I... you have Discovery Go, you can't mark it off on your bingo card. You oh, can only yeah. mark it off on your bingo card if you have Discovery Plus. Yeah, so, and, and I've never, I haven't had Discovery for a bit now. So I'm watching the whole season, like brand new from the start. And I think I'm on season four. 
it must have been season four because I just started season five and he's excited about being no longer on the travel channel or something. Okay. But anyway, it was the last episode of the season and he was tasked with tracking down one of the only four pairs of the ruby slippers. Uh, Dorothy's Vornex ruby slippers? Dorothy's, yeah, Wizard of Oz ruby slippers. (laughs) Okay. Dorothy Gale, by the way. Dorothy, well. Not, Not Dorothy's Vornex. Oh, 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 I see. Dorothy Gale. Golden Girls is what you mark off. Judy Garland's from 1942. 38. Damn it. You were right. Well, I'm talking about, you know, the difference between recording the movie and when it was released. Well, I I think it, I don't know when it was released, but I doubt it was 42 because we were in the middle of uh, a big old war right about then. Yeah, but they released films during the war to kind of appease the people back home about the war. That weren't war stories, so it could have been one something like that. But anyway, long story short. Oh, too late. Do you want me to finish my story? Oh, Jesus. (laughs) You're supposed to be sucking on your starburst so you can't talk. Imagine that. Get them stuck in your teeth. Here we go. All right. Get out your bingo card and mark off starburst. (laughs) He's smacking his lips. Listen to that. (laughs) Back in... 2015, 2005, something like that. I don't remember. Over 10, I'm I'm having trouble with putting things into context because I'm watching it, you know, years later. 10 years ago, uh, from when the episode released or when they were investigating this, there was a pair of ruby slippers that were stolen from the Judy Garland Museum in Grand Rapids. Oh, no. No, not that Grand Rapids. The one in Minnesota. Yeah. Oh, this... born in Minnesota. Oh, weird. Okay. Judy Garland was born in Grand Rapids, Minnesota. Hmm. So they were investigating, you know, what happened to it, and it just so happens that it's past the statute of limitations on theft. So they're ex- hoping that they can get new clues and get m- new leads now that people can't get put in jail for stealing them. And lo and behold, there's this woman that's she's in jail for something else or being you know investigated for something else or whatever tried and they talk to her and they say yeah i was talking to this one guy in a crack house or whatever and he said that he had thrown them in buckeye lake or a buckeye pit basically yeah they had been looking in a totally different lake this whole time okay now, I don't know who comes up with the timing of these episodes when they make these episodes, but there's a pattern in these episodes, and usually at least once every third episode or so, uh, Josh Gates gets wet, Ooh. like underwater wet. Oh. <laughs> and they sent him to the middle of Grand Rapids, Minnesota, in the middle of winter. Oh. It's like nine degrees outside. There's like two feet of ice on top of this lake. They have to drill through the ice to go searching on the bottom of this lake. It's like, one, why are you doing this now? The statute of limitations has already expired. It's not like you have to gather evidence right now and rush and persecute the guy. So they rescue the slippers. Like nine months after Josh Gates is doing the show. What show is this? Uh, they come back and they, you know, add, add an addendum to the end of the show and they show the reunification of the slippers with the original owners which is this big Hollywood fan guy that collects stuff from movies, and he paid something like $4 million for him. 
and I'm sorry, I forget my original point that you, that, you know, my initial thing that made me thought of this, that connected me to that, but started my story. Well, I'm so glad I heard the story. I'm really, yeah, really touched. Well, I mean, it's also a, a, one of these stories that Josh is chasing down that actually produces something. It's like actually successful and they actually give you the end of the story instead of, oh, we found a coin or we found a metal can that has nothing to do with the, it's always Nazi treasure. <laughs> um, it's weird because this guy has a degree in archaeology, but he's doing a TV show and he's tracking down treasure hunters instead of real archaeologists. Although maybe that's the treasure hunters where the archaeology gets started. Yeah, I totally forget what the initial... Yeah, so welcome to the show. Today we'll be discovering, we'll be, we'll be talking about um, Expedition Discovery. <laughs> we are finding the original pair of hoof boots that uh, Saru left in a lake in uh, Minnesota. <laughs> Actually, they weren't found in a lake, but oh, I skipped. I, I tried to skip over stuff to get wrap up my story faster, but because you were like, "Why am I telling the story?" W a i t. Why am I talking? <laughs> yeah, they they ended up finding um, when they got. Still going. Okay. Yeah, when they got back, they ended up receiving photographs of the shoes and the person was asking for a ransom for the shoes oh. um apparently the the well they they did find something at the bottom of the lake it was a, a sealed paint can like they were expecting but it was full of rocks and i'm thinking that was probably a diversion to make them go that way instead of f finding him and finding the real pair of shoes before he's ready to ransom them so anyway okay Sorry, I had to fill in that detail for you. Mm, it's all good. I really, really appreciate it. Sure. Um, shall we get started? Well, we'll have to re-listen to the audio so we can figure out what my initial trigger. Um, well, I'm sure we'll figure it out later. Yeah. Like, if you were to tell me, ask me what this episode was going to be about, I'd be like, um, I don't remember. <laughs> Could be about anything because I don't know what the point of the season is yet. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm glad they brought up the lady with the spots on her forehead. Yeah, but... because the recaps are vital now because, like, now they're reminding me of the specific because there's so many things, right? The show talks about every episode that, like, it's a good thing that you remind me of these specific things that mm -hmm. are going to factor into this episode. But now I'm like, okay, so every time there's a recap, I know I'm going to pinpoint exactly what part of the story is going to be picked up and what's going to happen next. I'm hoping that it doesn't become like a predictability thing. Predictability thing? I don't know. I just hope it doesn't doesn't make the story predictable at some point. Mm, okay. Like they even they even in the trailer like show gray. And because they show gray, I know gray is going to come back, right? Yeah. So it's like is it going to be like that where it's like really predictable? We didn't need to remember about Giorgio though because we just saw this. So Yeah. You know, and they're not saying, hey, she's coming back this episode, though. <laughs> That's uh, kind of a red herring. I'd feel so cheated if she were to come right back. Or maybe to remind us where we exactly where we left off so that yeah. we, why we remember where why we're in this uh, little powwow thing going on. I got to tell you, the opening CGI really mm -hmm. it reminds me of the opening scene of uh, Star Trek Picard episode one remembrance okay because it's like the same sort of really far away pull in into a window um i yeah. don't think we actually go through that window mm -hmm. to to the scene but like 
it's close it's close it's kind of close and we we do see we do see the location of their uh crew lounge though relative to the rest of the ship it's on the inner it's on the inner saucer section of supposed to the other yeah it's like the inner lower ring at the beginning of this adira uh is feeling the way i do when i'm in a crowd <laughs> yeah yeah i know what you mean and it would be really helpful if someone were there who was like my person you know yeah yeah so that's that's how i get by in crowds now <laughs> i just have my person with me all the time but but then immediately stamets notices and he talks to her, them and says you know you got people where are your peeps now he also does tell gray listen you son of a bitch yeah yeah and, and nobody looks at stamets weird for talking in the middle of the room yeah and the guy behind the guy behind Adira doesn't notice either. Adira's really just standing there talking to herself. Okay, so we have the luxury of seeing from this perspective. Like, we know that Grey's there, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But, like, if we didn't see Grey there, if we didn't know for sure that Grey was there, shouldn't we be concerned that Stamets is, like, supporting a delusion? <laughs> is, is he, like, is he patronizing her, like, to some extent? Because he doesn't know that Grey's there for real. We know that Grey's there for real. Yeah. So it makes sense what, what he's doing. But, like, is Stamets kind of being a dick? Or is he, like fomenting more crazy Stamets is accepting her or said them Stamets is accepting them as they are and joining them in their reality and their presentation of what is real the pronouns are, are difficult for me to get used to I've only met a couple of days in my life and mm -hmm. they were the kind of people that if I were asked I couldn't define a gender for them so it made sense for them to be days I have trouble with Adira. I don't know why that is. Maybe it's the name, I'm not sure what it is. Like the last one of the days, one of the days that I knew was named Tef. So like, if your name is Tef, you could be, it could be either way on a binary scale. For me, it's a little yeah. bit more difficult with Adira. I don't know why that is, but I, I will definitely work on making sure, making sure I keep their pronouns correct. Okay. There's a moment where the Veruba Nebula, we see the Veruba Nebula and we see the ship, the Discovery, and it looks like, it looks like the nebula is like really, really small because it seems like we can see the whole thing because we're like rotating around it with Discovery mm -hmm. in front of us. So I wonder if that's yeah. an accident of film or if they wanted us to see it that way. I have no idea. Well, there's no film involved, <laughs> but I get what you mean. Well, thank you for that. Thank you for the correction. I appreciate so it. <laughs> Back to the scene for sure. the party scene for a minute. It is, is my ancestor uh, trans too? Oh. My ancestor being gray, if you didn't catch on that. What do you mean? The closed captions use the feminine A for the spelling of their name, and they're so softly spoken and small, it's hard to tell their gender. Ian Alexander is the one playing Grey. That's the one who was born female. Adira's actor was born female. Both of them were born female. Okay. So Ian Alexander is the one who is, in real life, transgendered, and is playing Grey, who appears to be male. Well, Adira is always called Grey Heat. I know, because the character is male, but the actor is male also. The actor is biologically female. The actor was assigned female at birth. So the actor is trans, but the character is not supposed to be trans. Well, but the character is trans because the character's trill. The character is tall, right? Like, neither one of them is them. Both of them well, are... No, they call the character Gray, and they never use their last name. And they... His name is Gray Tall because they're all talls, like a okay. dax, right? So he's gray tall, he's, he's gray tall, they are Adira tall, and their previous are, are all talls. Thus meaning that they're all playing tall, they're all playing different aspects of tall, and tall is transgender. 
and the actor Ian Alexander playing Gray is transgender. Does that make sense? Give me a second. I think you're acknowledging my question, but I think you're doing it a roundabout way. You're coming in the back door. Oops. <laughs> it's one of my favorite places to go, just like a Romulan. <laughs> um, what, what's your question? Ask me your question so I can understand, because I, I must not be understanding the question. So let's let's differentiate, but whether we're talking about actor or character. Okay, so my initial question is: Is Gray trans? Gray is Gray a male. is a biological male. Yes, the character Gray okay. is male. Yes, one hundred percent. Always has been. Uh, okay. Always has been. That's all, that's all I can say for sure. But the the performer playing Gray is a transsexual male. Don't no. Hold on. Get let's get okay. Let's get the verbiage correct because they're not transsexual. Sex has nothing to do with gender. It's a transgender man. Some people call it trans man because a trans woman is one who was assigned male at birth and then makes the cross to female. Yeah. So that's a trans woman, right? But a trans man yeah. is someone who is assigned female at birth and makes that cross over to male. Yeah. So the actor is male. Yes. But assigned female at birth. The character has always been male and is male currently. Okay. Does it make sense? I was just asking because the... the it's a very soft appearance, right? Yes, for a it's male. a very soft appearance for a male. The length of time that it takes to transition just by our current methods. Oh, so, yeah. See, here's the thing is there's no transition required. All they had, because the actor is so young, all they had to do was block puberty. They're that young? He is, he's under 21. Yeah. There's one thing I was surprised by because on a YouTube channel called Sexplanations, uh huh. Uh, she was interviewed, you know, she had a co-host that day and this explanations person is a sexologist and they are, they, they're cisgendered and they're female. They identify as female. They were born female, but they were interviewing somebody and they were talking about, I don't remember, but it was vaguely related to the person they were interviewing and they had facial hair. Yeah. And then later on, they said that they were a, a trans male. Yeah. 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 So like when you put testosterone in the body it causes uh deepening the voice it causes widening of the shoulders and it causes um hair to grow in the places where men grow pubic hair and beards beards are part of pubic hair by the way yeah 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 i i, I realize that. and i mean i don't know if you've seen like old women like older women tend to grow because they're because their estrogen levels drop my friend's mom who just passed away yeah, she had her self a mustache. When your when your estrogen drops, testosterone starts uh, taking over, mm -hmm. and that's what that's what makes beards grow, beards and mustaches. And stuff. <laughs> so like after menopause, a lot of women start growing facial hair. <laughs> it just happens. Yeah. This is very interesting. I'm gonna have a heck of a time cutting apart this because this conversation is pretty good. Like I think I want to leave it in, but like a lot of it's gonna be funny. So later on in the party, I mean, well. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Stamets is a real, um, just throwing his pad in the middle of the room, be like, hey, we got something. You know, he's just like the red alert klaxon interrupting the party. Or the, he really know. is. <laughs> he's like, hey, everybody, I know you guys want to have fun and stuff and relax, but hey, let's get we got some work. shit to do. Yeah. yeah. But he's that guy. Like, he's that, he's totally that guy who makes sense. Like, I think he might be a little bit Aspie, to be honest. He, he might be a, oh, Aspie? Yeah, I think he might be a little bit. Okay. Because he has, like, one relationship that works really well. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Well, see, the first time I saw the female uh, Kelpian, 
I knew those spots could not be from radiation. My name is Dr. Isa, and I had the same uh, feeling that like, hmm, it's odd that those would be radiation. Like, because it was like a perfect pattern. Like, Yeah, unless Kelpians react to radiation differently than, you know, we typically show on people in experiencing radiation or by the end of this episode. So here's the thing. Why didn't Admiral, Admiral, uh, why I want to call him Admiral Gray. That's not not his name. Why didn't the Admiral know? Was the Admiral, oh, I guess nobody's seen or dealt with Kelpians in a while, I guess. Maybe. So I guess that's why they wouldn't know. But at least 150 years, maybe. Yeah. As soon as Saru said that she's pregnant, I'm like, yeah, I I knew that. I I didn't, Uh, I didn't know that, but I knew that. Knew something was up and it wasn't, it wasn't just radiation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I kind of had the same sense, but like, I, I was like, well, maybe, because, you know, as I've said many times in the past, Discovery has an issue with visual canon. And I just thought that maybe they were just making radiation look too perfect. But <laughs> I should have known because when Burnham got her radiation sickness all the way back in episode one. Sure. It wasn't some perfect pattern. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, the only other thing I figured it could be is that maybe it's some form of radiation that we haven't experienced yet on the show. True enough. Like different True types enough. of radiation affect different bodies differently. Sure. Yeah, but no doubt. Anyway, I have another question about kind of about how the spore drive works. Okay, let's talk about it because I would like to get the USS Discovery technical manual so they can explain this to me. Yeah. I've had to think of the mycelial plane as a discrete level of space, which is parallel, not physically parallel, but in structure, it's parallel in existence to subspace yeah so it's like space which we sit on and then just below that subspace and then like somewhere in between is a plane that called the mycelial plane in modern day if you want to call it string theory or m theory uh-huh. mathematically there are as many as 11 different dimensions beyond the three that four that we know of okay so that may be somewhere in one of those other 11 dimensions sure or 11 10 9 8 dimensions is that the right okay yeah Uh, yeah the remaining eight from 11 is uh subspace and don't worry i didn't hear that yeah totally subspace and then in one of the other eight remaining ones is the mycelial network but my question is how do you set a course when without a star when well when there is no course to set they're just a blink and you're there there's no path, no trail. There is a path. There's set. a clearing in the forest. That's how they go. Well, but then, then it, they. All right. So here's here's uh, I'm gonna give you some beta cannon. Can I give you some beta cannon? Sure. All right. So uh, uh, in the book, uh, I think it's called Dead Endless. It's the one that has Stamets on the cover. And it's ostensibly a Stamets story. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stamets meets Ephraim who's the tardigrade that we released a while ago. And Ephraim is the one who kind of helps Stamets find his way around. Okay. And Ephraim, in a large sense, is kind of still leading us around. So, but Stamets just doesn't remember it. So it's like Stamets goes into the mycelial plane, Stamets interacts with Ephraim, Ephraim says, oh, here's where we're going. You want to go here, he takes them there, and then boom, they're there. And does that enough times, so that, it, especially during that 133, that eventually Stamets knows the way to go. And I can't, it's not, because it's another dimension, it's not definable in forward, back, left, or right. Okay. Because it's not those dimensions. It's a different dimension. Yeah. And, and the reference to 133 is 
133 jumps that we performed around the uh, Klingon ship of the dead to break their cloak. Which was back in... Season one. Okay. I just want... I mean, it's been two seasons since season one, and I just wanted to jog our fan, fans' memory a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes, makes total sense. I'm glad that you, you mentioned it. Um, I just... 133 is such a number that, like, I just sticks in my head because of the whole uh, oh, yeah, uh, Battlestar yeah. Galactica thing. Okay. Uh, it was the one after Sivas Possum Parabellum, so it would be Into the Forest I Go. That's mm-hmm. what the episode that was. We did the 133 jumps. Well, and he definitely went into that forest, didn't he? He, he definitely went into the forest. Into the forest he went. Into mm-hmm. the, Out of the forest he did not come. <laughs> For a <laughs> minute, anyway. Well, no, I'm talking about... What's his name? Lorca. Into the forest he went. Oh. But, oh, okay, I see what you're saying. So that's a reference for Stamets, into that forest, into the mycelial forest. Too. Yeah. Oh, there's a clearing in the forest. That's how they go. Clever. I have a question about shields. Mm-hmm. Now, because I, you know, grew up on the Starship Enterprise-D mm-hmm. and am imminently familiar with its specs, um, more so than Scott, I would never bang my head on something in uh, anywhere on the ship while I'm walking along, Mr. Scott, but... We'll leave that to him. He can do that. Well, Scott did that on the Enterprise A, but yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, with with the D, we don't leave things hanging down so that people <laughs> walk the frack into them. Well, that's just silly. But not only that, but maybe the A was just slightly different than the refit of the 1701. Uh, that's, fair. <laughs> that's fair. Maybe it was a uh, construction flaw. Yeah, it's it's a little. You know, and speaking of construction flaws. Mm. Wait, can I talk about that yet? Nah, we haven't gotten there yet. Okay. I guess that's that's this that's that's this episode though. I guess yeah. Yeah, just a hint yeah. for later on. Cool. So because I uh, grew up on the Enterprise D, I know how shields work. Yes. Right? Because okay. I, you know, I was sometimes I was playing with blocks in engineering, and Jordy would be like, "Hey, you see that? That's how that works." And uh, sometimes Sonia Gomez actually was a good friend of mine. Like she used to let me spill coffee on her all the time. And um, the the way the shields work is they 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 form a, a like an oblong like bubble. Okay. around the ship yeah so like when the saucer separates for instance the saucers the saucer will create its own new bubble to add to the whole bubble the engineering's bubble will shrink mm-hmm. and the saucer section's bubble shrinks to its size as they pull away and then you're left with two, two bubbles yeah when the does book ship have a name i don't think they've officially I... given it one they always just call it book ship. Uh, okay, so uh, it's kind of like the La Serena though ish. So I'm gonna call it the La Bocana. So when the La Bo- when the La Bocana, that's hard to say. <laughs> when Grudge's ship morphs, how in the frack do the shields maintain integrity? Like, cause it's moving like in all kinds of direct. Like, where are the shield generators? Mm-hmm. And maybe are they only generating a shield around just the cockpit? And if they are, what about the rest of the ship? How does it stay safe? So like, maybe the shield bubble is bigger. Yeah. So this is the this is one of at least two times in this episode where the engineering of the future like really baffles me because we'll talk about the other one later. But it's like one little tiny ship should not be able to warp a huge 80 times bigger ship than it is mm-hmm. or, or spore drive it away but anyway when this thing flippity dips around and it's it not not to be confused with the flippity dip because <laughs> the flippity dip is a spore drive jump <laughs> this flippy dip is just like when book's ship does a flippy dip right sure can he lose a piece of his ship and the ship's still okay 
I don't know. I mean, if you have detached nacelles, can they lose those nacelles and the ship still be okay? I it can't warp anymore. I would. Well, I mean, I guess. Why do we need two warp nacelles? I I get I get warp field geometry. I understand it. Uh -huh. But my point is like, you actually don't need more than one nacelle. Like the two nacelles helps to stabilize your your warp field, right? Sure. But. There are ships, and we've seen them that have one nacelle. Yeah, I was. Furthermore, you could put two nacelles in one housing, and would that still be a stable, a stable uh, work field? I I think it would. Well, the Stargazer has them all very close to each other. Well, they have yeah, they have four nacelles. They have four nacelles, but two of them on either side are very close to each other, almost as if they are one. So they almost count as one. I wonder if they. Um... If the, if the Stargazer was meant to be able to transwarp, but when they shut down the whole transwarp program because of Scotty's little lie. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, that changed history forever. Yeah, he tanked an entire propulsion program, and we we have to deal with it for hundreds of years later. They should have held him. They should have held him responsible for his crimes against humanity. Well, and if as soon as they found him on on that damn um, Dyson sphere. You mean by the time they found him on the Dyson sphere, they would have yeah, known what he did. Yeah. Yeah, totally. They should maybe, know maybe they never found out. They're stupid. <laughs> You're like stupid. Star like they never tried again. Like they tried one time and it's like, ah, oh, doesn't well, work. No, they they Forget never it. they never found out what he did. Is what I'm saying. The other thing is is even if he never did that, it was a handful of parts that were missing that made it not work. Dude, so it that totally was. that. That it exposed a vulnerable weakness that is a crucial oh. weakness. I mean, there's a handful of parts that could be you could take out of a warp drive and they wouldn't work. The lithium crystal, the lithium recrystallization matrix. Well, that that's not a handful. That's a fistful. Oh, fair enough. That's those fair. Di dilithium crystals are big. Well, they compared don't have, to like maybe four nuts and bolts. No, no, no. Because shuttlecrafts have warp. Some shuttlecrafts have warp drives. That means well, they must have right. smaller crystals. Like their crystals are the size of a flux capacitor. <laughs> I mean, aren't they? Like, could you put? Okay, so wait. Okay, so now, so now I want to do this experience. So now I want to put a tiny little warp drive into a DeLorean and put like blue and red stuff on the wheels, so that when they flip up <laughs> and they go to warp. That it looks just like a. What am I talking about? So anyway, um, <laughs> when uh when Burnham does this thing and he, his ship does the flippity dip, not the flippity dip. When he does the flippy dip, um, in the uh through the radiation field, he gets the same like radiation because they mentioned like um, uh, what they, he had to they had to do the DNA recombinator, which is the same thing they put. Recombinator, I just realized is a funny word. Isn't that a recombiner? Recombinator? Maybe it's the actor just reading it funny. Recombination? It could be. I grew up listening to Dax say neutrinos, so that's how I pronounced neutrinos. Sure. And my dad totally pronounces it differently. How does he pronounce it? Neutrinos. Neutrinos. Yeah. That's a, that's a wonderful breakfast cereal. <laughs> 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 Those are neutrinos. I think that's uh, that's advertised with like little tiny wharfs and little tiny uh, daxes fighting back and forth with with dick tags and mechlets and batlets. Are you sure they're fighting? Right, we call it that. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs>
better reach you better eat your neutrinos so that you can so you can be big and strong and get a husband like Worf. Or by the way, speaking of Worf, I hope no woman comes near him ever because look, all his wives die. Ooh, like, ooh. They don't they don't last longer than like two years at the most, at maximum, you can say. <laughs> but, but like, dude, you marry Worf, that's a fucking death sentence. You're gone. You're out of here, homie. <laughs> At least the at least the Troy thing never lasted. Oh, good thing Troy, she dodged a bullet. But but they even wrote a whole book about the menagerie trois between Worf and Riker. Yeah, that's that's called a fantasy book, because clearly any wife of Worf is going to be dead in moments. <laughs> I would love to be there and be like, oh, a- I've never read I've I've never read that book. So what? Mzadi three? Yeah, two. Oh oh yes, of course. There is an uh, I know there is. <laughs> I just made that dream. <laughs> Speaking of which, I hope that the Klingon uh, civilization. I hope they're like I, we haven't. I don't know if you've noticed, but we haven't seen any Klingons yet in this century. Mm, I haven't. And I'm wondering what they're up to. Like, are they all priests now? Like, did, <laughs> did, are they all like Borat? Like, this is what I've always I've always envisioned like a future of Star Trek where like we go so far ahead that like all of the species have changed up a little bit. So like mm. the Klingons are priests, and like the Romulans are like I don't know friends with the Vulcans <laughs> and like the Cardassians are like freedom fighters like like oh like the the Bajorans and the Cardassians have like merged their civilizations and like now they're just like leaders of the Federation that's okay I mean there there's one time there's one thing on YouTube where I saw that somebody speculated that the Cardassians and the Bajorans are the same species yeah yeah I've heard tell of that that's super interesting. I don't know how they got the hooky eyes, but okay. Um, well, I mean, look at the variations in dogs. Oh, true enough. True enough. Very, very good point. I think you just compared the Bajorans and the Cardassians to dogs, though. What's wrong with that? Just so you know, nothing. Nothing at all. Mm-hmm. Nothing at all. So, what did they say in the sake? The uh, recap about Saru being distracted? Yeah, like... Why are they sending book and not just going in themselves? Because Saru's distracted. No. Well, they're... No, because they tried once. Yeah, they... they well, yeah. They had, they had to force him to accept book's yeah. idea. Is basically what <laughs> I'm They're like, uh, Saru, you're going to get us all killed to try to get to this. Yeah, he's fucking distracted, for sure. Yeah. Because all he can think about is... But then he's also, like, they're clear... It's clear that they're going for Saru and his sensibilities yeah. because they got a... a Fracking um Kelpian on one side and you got like a threat to Kelpia or Kavanar uh, <laughs> on the other side. Yeah. yeah, I forgot about that. I love how they totally took advantage of these new transporters. Like they just he doesn't even have to go down to the shuttle bay. He, they just yeah. they, So this is something right I don't know if you noticed, but they established this in the last episode that Bryce knows now when they say when they tell Book that he to go back to his ship, Bryce knows, okay, I'm gonna hit tram- transport him back. Because they established that as last episode. So, so now Bryce just knows, okay, so my job is transporter chief now at this point. Uh, I wish that we could, I wish I had a way to like, I, I need a, uh, I'll figure it out, Never mind. I just haven't had to do it yet. Like a good way to segue, not not segue as in the break, but like uh, just a sound effect. What's the purpose of this? You know, like just to take us to break. Oh, okay. Like maybe some doors closing. <laughs> you know, like some turbo, like the um, like the shuttle bay door is closing. Oh, the, oh, the big ones, yeah, like yeah, the holodeck yeah, doors. Yeah, 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 the, yeah, the holodeck doors. Yeah, yeah, that's what. Yeah, yeah. 
Here's a dumb question, and it's a nitpick I've had. So the hologram doors on the D make the big noise because they're bigger doors. But then when they walk into the hollow suites on Quark's bar, which are smaller doors, sure, absolutely. they still make the big holodeck door sound. Do they also make a big sound? And it's like they forgot to name name it big door instead of just holodeck door and they just huh. keep on using it and they don't realize huh. it doesn't fit. It must be a hollow sound. <laughs> do, are the holodeck doors do they roll do they roll as well? Like the airlock doors? Oh, like the airlock doors? On oh in on Deep Space Nine, the Wait a minute, on what? Deep Space Nine. Hold on, wait. What show are we doing? Uh, hold on, I just got okay. Wait, I because I was confused. Why are we doing a Deep Space Nine show? I didn't realize we're it's all okay. No, 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 recording. we're good. We we can. I'm okay. Just, just leave that in. Let me uh, start from point A in the rabbit trail. Yes, please. Point A yes. is the holodeck doors on the Enterprise D make a different sound. Yes, than the regular doors. Than the regular doors. They have a sound distinct to them, distinct even from the shuttle bay doors, which is a different sound. Uh, no, they're the same sound because of the well, same doors. No, they have a cla the shuttle bay doors. Oh, are you talking about at the back the, of the outside? Ship. Oh, in the yeah, back yeah, yeah. of the ship, the yeah. outside. Okay, Where yeah. Where it makes it, wham, wham. It makes like the it makes like, it makes a clacking yeah, yeah. sound. There's like, a clacking sound wham, just wham, before wham. the doors open uh, because yeah. you didn't want to warn people that you're about to die. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, but you're not about to die because there's a force field there, right? Then why is there an alarm? Thank you. I don't know what this is. There should be alarm when the force field's about to turn off, not when the door's open, because when doors open, it's nothing, right? Sure. Welcome to uh, Let's Talk About Treks. And one of those tracks <laughs> we talk about is Star Trek Discovery, although Star Trek Discovery is merely the offspring of several other shows like Star Trek <laughs> The Next Generation and Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Thusly, let's talk about treks. Yes, please finish. I love talking about treks. So the holodeck doors are the same doors as the inside doors in the shuttle bay when they walk into the shuttle bay those are the same doors they make the same sound that makes sense but then when you transition onto deep space nine and you go to quarks and he's got the only holodeck hollow sweets technology on yeah. on the on the station so they have to go to him to use the hollow sweets which are obviously smaller, but multi-room kind of things. The hollow suite doors are smaller. They're the same size as a turbo lift door or any other door on quarters on the Enterprise D. Uh-huh. Which the doors for the quarters on Deep Space Nine make that same sound as the doors for the quarters on the Enterprise D. Do they? I don't know that they do. They, do they? Yeah, they're the same. Why would they record a new sound when they already I have a sound effect? This question is answered by the time the listeners hearing it because I've been dropping in the sound effects of all of these things <laughs> this whole time and thank you for making such an annoying show for me to edit because look at all these sounds that to look up. I am not a merry man we don't have to drop them in oh I'm explaining what they are in the time and the, the fans if they're true <laughs> fans no I'm kidding <clears throat> many of our fans probably are hearing the sounds in their heads as I'm describing but them True enough, but here's one of the sounds that they didn't hear is just now I dropped in the sound of me going, I'm of Worf going, I'm I not a married man. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah. 
the sound of the door Man. for the hollow suite on quarks is the big holodeck door sound but they're smaller uh. doors are they smaller doors? yes and the holodeck doors on the voyager are the same size regular regular size doors but they still make that big wait holodeck doors on voyager don't have an arch they have an arch the door oh. itself is not that big holodeck big archway door it's a regular quarters door really i mean it's been a minute since i've watched it but yes this is all super interesting to me because i don't i don't recognize any of it i'm, I'm sure it's all true <laughs> i don't i don't know i just don't recognize any of what you're talking about and it's all entirely the neat. doors on seven of nine's alcove the the cargo bay Oh yeah, she's in, the she's in, a, in a former cargo bay. They're the same sound, but the smaller doors. That's a bigger sound for a bigger door, but they didn't label it big door. They just labeled it holodeck door and cargo bay door and shuttle bay interior door. Okay, same door. But they use it wrong. In my opinion, I guess they feel like they could take it and put it in a different context, and, and, and it can be something different than what they say it is in the other context. It, most of the time, it happens when the door is off screen, when somebody's entering in from off screen. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. they often get the off screen. And it's like you forgot that your door is not that door. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let me tell you something. The guy, the little the little guys who are like standing behind there, like pulling and shutting the doors. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> That is like the most annoying job in the world, just to pull these. Like, how many times do they have to like retake it because like the door got pulled wrong? Because I can't see what the frack I'm doing. Twenty-fourth <laughs> century technology. The door stays open while you're standing Shoot, there. But they're standing there and they're already past the door. And also, like, if you move towards the door, it, but you don't actually like end up going through it, and you turn around the door never opens yeah like if you were heading there but you yeah. like but it because the script said turn around or if you're walking past the door it doesn't open now i don't know about you but when i walk past the door at no doubt my local grocery store or even when i'm walking yeah. into the to my local um mental health center um <sighs> not that i'm crazy i'm crazy don't you know anyway <laughs> where are you going are you the rabbit am i following you down the hole <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, sometimes when you walk by those doors, they open. Yeah, they open. You just walk by them and within range of the sensor, and it's like you're not headed towards them. It happens at my local uh, uh, at CBS. Like literally, this the the one where I live, it, the the door is on the corner, like the corner of this. Like they <laughs> they, it's not like it's pointing out toward the point that where the corner meets. You know okay. what I'm saying? Like it's not on one of the one of the sides. It's not on one of the streets. Yeah. It's pointing exactly towards the corner, towards the middle yeah. of the street. So when you walk to this corner or you walk past this corner or you walk around this corner, like anywhere on the sidewalk, the door If opens. they're close enough to the door, yeah. No, you're always close enough to the door. Like if you're on the uh -huh. sidewalk in that like 270 degree range, <laughs> you're within the door's range and the door just opens. And it's like really, it's really like distracting a lot of times. And sometimes it's really confusing. It's like, am I supposed to go and CVS now? Is that... What I meant to do is not what I came here for. So welcome back, uh, everyone, to Star Trek Doors. A scintillating conversation featuring Jack Dorino and Earl Grey, where we talk about the doors and the various entryways of Star Trek. This also includes shuttle bay doors, uh, trap doors, but not the damn 
Jeffrey's two doors if they're pointed on a 45 degree down <laughs> angle so you can jump the fuck out of a ship like it's a goddamn slide. That door is not included in this show because that door does not exist. <laughs> Thinking that would be a good idea for a door, but it was not. Maybe they were trying to be like the uh, garbage chute in Star Wars. They're supposed to wait and have that chute for me to jump out of the moment that someone says that Tilly's going to be left in charge. Because that is what I would do. As soon as they said, okay, Tilly, you got, I would jump out sideways of, into that Jeffrey's tube and off the ship because clearly, y'all leaving me get that. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'll be out. I'll be Why? Out. <laughs> she's, she's proven so many times that she's Come a competent now. officer. Like you didn't know, as soon as Tilly got left in charge, there was going to be trouble. Like her command was okay. going to be challenged immediately. Yeah. You, don't leave, you can't even leave Jordy LaForge in charge of the <laughs> ship without like, he has to take it apart and to fight a god-like enemy and then put it back together. You know, as soon as they leave anybody in charge of the Frelling ship, some shit's about to go down. <laughs> okay, yeah. So I like, they, they like kind of like went past that moment and was like, oh, Tilly, you'll be in charge. And then like, they just kind of like moved on with the conversation. But the whole time I didn't hear anything they said because all I could think about was like, uh-oh. Uh oh, what's gonna happen? Like, are we gonna follow them and not follow them? And then what? What's gonna happen? Because something's going to happen. Uh, so we were talking about. Let's see. Where were we? we were talking about Star Trek. Discovery. Yes, we we're talking about Star Trek uh, season Discovery. three, season three, episode, episode 11, eleven. Sukal. Yeah, what you said. Yeah, yeah. We were right around where um, Bryce has determined that, that is his job, his transporter chief, and uh, his job is to beam book to his ship as soon as they say book good to your ship. Okay, like if Book was on the next generation. Mr. Book, get to your ship now. We need you to do the undercover operation that we can't do as stand-up Starfleet citizens. Uh, officers. I was talking about taking advantage of the uh, transporter systems that they have now, that they just blink and they're gone. And they don't even bother uh, to yes, go down and take a turbo lift. It's like they should just rip out their turbo lifts, use the space for something else, you know? Oh, that is a lot of empty space for them to use. Have you seen behind the turbo lift? <laughs> <laughs> you could hide a T-Rex behind the turbo lift. You could hide a, an Apatosaurus or but something. the graphics that they have are not as good as the graphics we have. Oh, I see what you're talking about, where they're looking at the... Yeah, uh, yeah. The Veruba Nebula. Veruba, well, they're, they're yeah. using it based on the sensor data that they can get and speculate. Well, they should look out the window then, because it's prettier. <clears throat> well, they certainly can't see it as well. This is true. I until he starts doing his uh, little uh, C3PO flicker, I forget that uh, I forget that he's not in the room. Who's that? The Admiral. Oh, okay. So the Admiral does kind of look at Saru when he says, when "He says, while I'm gone, Tilly will be in charge." He kind of looks at him like, "Uh, wait, what? Is you so? Yeah." And they just keep on going through this like dense conversation. And I'm like, "Wait, wait, 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 wait. hold on, let's get back, back up just a second, because uh, there's something I want to ask really quick." Why is the ceiling so beautiful? <laughs> sure. Was that the question? No. Why is the ceiling of this room so beautiful? Because, like, why is it so beautiful? I, I have no idea. Is it beautiful? Look at it. I mean, it's, it's blurry. It's But there's, like, lots of lights and, and like, uh, angles and shapes. And, you sure. know, it's, it's gorgeous. Anyway, it's for their Zoom meetings. <laughs> they have a beautiful background for their Zoom meetings. Yeah, there you go. So... If they if they're trying to fly in with uh, you know impulse drive or whatever into the nebula and they run into trouble, but they can spore jump out, why not just spore jump right into the center of the nebula where the ship is? Why spore you know jump what? outside of the nebula? Uh, yeah, I think it's a really good question. 
and I didn't understand why they didn't do it. I'm sure they must have told us at some point why they wouldn't do that. Like, w wouldn't that minimize their damage? Is it too dense for him to navigate? Is that, or it's too like there's too much moving for him to navigate? Like, how is he going to predict what piece of rock is going to be where, and we're going to end up with like crap all through us unless because he can't he can't see it. I guess if he can't, so I so this is the thing that I'm not sure about when I think about uh, Stamets' ability. Like, can he only like? <laughs> You know, like Nightcrawler. Like, can he? <laughs> yeah. Can he? Does he have to see it? Be able to see it in order to go there? Um, he Nightcrawler has to have. I don't know, cause he can teleport into the White House with never having been there. But maybe he was there. But I, I think Nightcrawler just has to see it, maybe in pictures. So, so what about Stamets? Does Stamets just see it in pictures? Is that maybe it? I doubt it. You know, like he couldn't, he couldn't teleport somewhere he's never been before. Not true. Not true. Well, sort of, but not. You're right. He went to the mirror universe. Like, no, 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 no. I was you. You asked him about oh, Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler. Oh, my Nightcrawler's bad. not going to go Stamets to the mirror universe. Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler's already <laughs> in the mirror universe. That's Stamets and Nightcrawler were the same person. Oh, okay. Are they the same person? I don't know. Is the is the tran is the transporter <laughs> like? Is the transporter like does, so? Everybody's Nightcrawler. <laughs> when I was watching this episode for the first time, and I saw the the effect of looking at um, Booker from Booker's point of view, and the all wibbly wobbly stuff that they kind of do when there's like this vague little touch on parallel times or parallel happenings at the same time or whatever. I thought that this uh, was going to get a little bit trippy in like a timey-wimey episode where things are happening and repeating and then happening in a different way but repeating and... Oh, you thought this was going to be magic to make the Sanus man go mad? Not necessarily. Not, maybe not quite so bad. What do you mean by bad? It was a mud episode, so it was bad. <laughs> oh, get out. Get out. I thought you meant like mad, bad, and dangerous to know. I don't know. I thought it would have been cool to just do a little Doctor Who-y kind of episode, you know? Yeah, there is, like, a fun, like, Doctor Who element that's missing a little bit from... It, it is, like, Star Trek is very, very serious, and it should be very, very serious, yeah. but it would do well with a dose of fun. And I think that maybe the Harry Mudd episode was meant to be a fun episode, mm -hmm. and I just don't... It, it was fun in a way, but like, well, no, it, but it wasn't fun in a, like an intentional way. It was like a fun, fun in the way it was cut, you know, mm -hmm. like the way it was produced, mm -hmm. the way it was presented, you know, like not in the episode. Yeah. Like there wasn't fun in, you know, I don't know if yeah, that makes yeah. sense I, because I, I Doctor Who has a lot of not fun either. But yeah. Sometimes for Doctor Who is running for his life, that is the fun. Yeah. watching the episode for the first time at about the seven minute mark they haven't acknowledged at this point yet or at least to the audience that this child is if is going to be at least a century old by the time they get to them because they've all yeah or less nine months or however long kelpians how long is a kelpian gestation uh, jinx you owe me a sandwich like how long could it possibly be yeah it's been 150 years since the burn. Is that is that true? Yeah. So this child would have to be 104 years old, right? At the right. Yeah. No, it would, no, he would have to be. Oh no, he has to be older than that because he did the burn, and he did the burn when he was. Well, like, we assumed. I I haven't a, seen the like next episode yet, so I haven't. Yeah. Oh, get out. We 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 assume that what he burped out 
was something like what the burn was, but you, yeah, 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 like because you saw what he did, like just like this ep, like this ep, isn't it this yeah, episode yeah. that he like kind of like freaks out a little yeah. bit and like causes like a baby burn and Stamets catches it before it fucking blows up the ship. Yeah, but we haven't, I haven't got, I haven't heard like a definitive, sure, debriefing thing that says that this guy did cause the burn when he was born or something. That doesn't look like a burr to me, by the way. It does not. It looks like a liquid blob. Or a piece of gum. A burr, shouldn't a, a burr should be like sharp. Yeah. It, it, or maybe, it, I guess maybe it was a burr, but like it's been rubbed really smooth into like a nodule instead. Um. Well, as, but that was, it, that's really big for a burr. I was going to say, it, it really, if it's a burr, then you're going to draw blood. Oh, maybe it was a Raymond burr and it got rubbed down so much because that would make sense the what's size. a raymond burr is that too obscure never mind it's just an obscure joke <laughs> oh, <guys. laughs> okay yeah. i, I kind of thought raymond burr was going to be pushed stretching it but i am in love with michael burnham as a trill michael burnham as a trill oh a trill yeah yeah, yeah, yeah i was yeah, just yeah. paying attention to yeah. uh, it's like culpepper being uh a, a bajoran yeah so his name is Colbert, but yeah, he makes an excellent Bajoran as well. And and, and Ichabod Crane makes a really good copy. <laughs> Ichabod Crane! <laughs> That's exactly who you're right. That's exactly who you're right. But, you know, um, Ichabod Crane is, um, I, they, 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 there had to be a time when they did this with him. Because, Amazing. you know, there's been almost every iteration of Star Trek has had the the actor that's always in the makeup outside of their makeup for at least a portion or an episode. Oh, yeah, they did do that with Worf. I forgot. Uh, yeah, that's right. And they did it with Data. Well, Data. Not to be racist. Data. I don't understand. What's the difference? One is his name and the other is not. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I gotcha. Crash. Yedro Crash. I don't. Anyway, what um, language did he switch to there? I think they were both Kelpian. I think that he said in program, and then he said emergency in program. Uh, in Kelpian, just in case. I believe oh, so. Oh, okay. Because yeah. uh, it would make sense because if, if it was a Kelpian yeah. ship. He's like, my heels are touching the ground. It's like you. That is wildly amusing. Yeah. I mean, and like kind of a kind of a mind bend. Like, how does that feel? Like, does that feel? It's gotta feel gross. For gross him. Like, and wrong. Yeah. Yeah, like, what if my heels... If my heels were not touching the ground, I don't think it would be that weird. But, like, if his heels were... It would be like my... It would be like the backs of my knees touching the ground while I'm standing up straight. Like, that would be... Oh, that would be so hard. Well, no, it wouldn't be the back of your knee. It would be your knee. I mean, it's on the back of their leg, but their heel is always there. It's just on digigrade animals. Their foot is, like on a dog, it's longer, and their heel is... Their biological heel is, like, a foot off the ground you know? totally not an actual foot foot but the length of um, 12 inches I want to call attention to the the first program they encounter is a woman who's wearing like a discovery uniform and a next generation combat uh she's wearing an earth uniform but is that what it is but she's wearing a next generation combat was she wearing a next generation point. yeah she's wearing a TNG combat but she's not she yeah you're right, she totally is. She yeah. totally is. They yeah. wanted it to look like a older, I don't know. 
they probably threw a prop on her to give her a com badge, and hopefully the fans won't notice. Bullshit. <laughs> oh, I'm always going to notice the TNG combat. Well, the fans notice details, like the detail of the holodeck noise that I always notice. This whole show for me is about watching details. <laughs> <laughs> this, this whole show is just like I'm just practicing my, my attention to detail because their attention to detail is phenomenal. By the way, Colbert in his fucking... <laughs> And this fucking pointy shoulder shit, this Bajoran pointy shoulder, like the Bajorans and the Romulans have merged uh, styles, <laughs> and they they put some he put some Bajoran stuff on. It's actually like, but this Bajoran style that he's presenting is sort of like mid Romulan, mid Vulcan. Okay, isn't it sure. like because you have like the robe, but it's also got the shoulders, and it's yeah, it's kind of it's also a suit. That, I don't know. I like mm-hmm. it. I liked it very much. So back when. Uh... Culper and Stamets were talking in engineering, and he was just kind of saying, I'm going on this mission, you can't stop me. Yeah. Culper is asking Stamets, you know, how he's doing. He's like, fine. And I'm like, bull, <laughs> bullshit. Yeah. Nobody who yeah, ever yeah, yeah. says fine is ever fine. Of course <laughs> not. That's not what that means. It doesn't mean fine. It means like, I don't want to talk about it. So it, just go about your merry business and pretend like I'm good. No, like, it, it it means I know you don't care about the answer, the real lo- long answer. So I'm just going to give you the bullshit answer that you expect me to socially expect me to give you. Oh, well, yeah. Okay. That's fair. That's a very fair assessment of my responses. Yeah. To that. And, and again, I was watching this episode for the first time and taking notes at the uh-huh. same time. And I, Which at is... that time I wanted to, and about a minute and a half later, I wanted to know, well, how can a planet cause the burn? Sure. I have since then gotten a not insubstantial verification that it wasn't the planet. Well, that, I mean, the episode gave you that. Their version of the what the actual would actually. Yeah, there was like, because there a was speculation. Like a, a mini a thing. That happened. A, yeah, a, yeah. a hypothesis that could be. Why, why, uh, why wasn't Burnham a Vulcan? Why would she be? Wouldn't the computer I mean, doesn't know anything about her upbringing? I know I'm not talking, but it's not for them. <laughs> it's for me. <laughs> oh, oh, I guess we've already seen Burnham as a Vulcan, right? Yeah, we've already seen that. But they could do it like better now, and like actually put ears on her, mm. and like give her like a whole like we already know she kind of looks good with the the Vulcan cut. So there was something I've been thinking about about like dilithium, just as an aside. Okay. What, what what did Cochrane use uh, to power the Phoenix? I mean, today we don't know what dilithium is. Assuming that up until that point where Cochrane was able to create the technology to create warp technology, what did he use to power the Phoenix? Because to our knowledge, or did he maybe artificially create dilithium? It, it was always my understanding, and and I'm and I know that I'm probably mistaken, but it was always my understanding that in order to create dilithium, you had to get outside of uh, the gravitational pull of the planet. Oh, well. Um, but I mean, the dilithium—they recrystallize dilithium in a gravitational pull. Yeah. It's artificial gravity, but my point is, I mean, if there's no dilithium on Earth, what did he power so, the Phoenix with? So the dilithium is not—it's not a power source. We use dilithium to contain the energetic reaction of antimatter touching matter. So we send a solid stream of matter into one end of the crystal and a solid stream of antimatter into the other end of the crystal. And where they meet is at the core of that crystal. 
and the crystal is strong enough that it can contain that reaction and send it out a third way oh. so all of that energy so there's like very little loss of energy and that's massive amounts of energy so rather than turning the phoenix into a bomb it uses the energy and directs it towards the nacelles yeah that's what yeah 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 that's that's how warp drive works since all that power to the warp coils the warp coils get energized they create a warp field and then we push ourselves through it or push ourselves through space using it the magic of warp happens <laughs> well it's not magic it's 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 just it, it's magic no it's not magic it's it, it's it's science fiction magic no it's not magic at all so it's not it's not necessarily science fiction it's like theoretical, theoretical science at this point because you have the the all cubier drive which is basically warp drive all have you have you heard have you looked this up you know i i i saw some headlines in an article about that were using references of the one version of the enterprise that had the ring around it and basically a long thing and they showed a picture of something like a future enterprise but not a 24th century enterprise and i never read it and i know never so i don't so it, I, I just understood that they were trying to develop some technology that could possibly yeah. go faster than light. So this all all QBR drive, it's um, A-L-C-U-B-I-E-R-E, if you want to look it up, um, or we probably have a link down below. But what it does is it contracts the space that's in front of it, like right? squeezes that space tight, mm-hmm. like closed in on itself, and then expands the space behind it. Mm-hmm. So in that way, it doesn't, it doesn't move faster than light. It just... It is moved faster than light. You see what I'm saying? Like it's not. Yeah. It's it's, it's not moving. Space is moving around it or through it. Yeah. Or, like, so here's another thing that I have like a disconnect on. So that that's how that drive would work. But like, the way that the warp drive works on like the Enterprise D is it does the same thing. Like it sends the energy through the crystal and out of the crystal into the warp engines. The warp coils get energized and then they drop the ship into subspace in a warp bubble. Mm-hmm. And then it can just like push lightly and get its really fast speeds the enterprise isn't so much as moving forward at warp speeds as it's moving space around it past it faster than light yeah in subspace yeah well yeah i mean we haven't discovered subspace yet if it even exists but yes that's how it works in the show yeah that's how it works in reality. What are you talking about? <laughs> God, so that door, as soon as we get down to the planet, that door, like the little creatures banging on? Yeah. That door is totally going to open. Like as soon as I see it crashing. My immediate prediction is whatever that thing is behind the door is the real thing that they're looking for. And that person uh, is for sure. some sort of red herring. I was sure that this is going to be an, a baul. A what? That was a baul. One of the ones from... Uh, Kamenov. Oh, the, the the predators. Yeah, 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 yeah. I still haven't figured out what these things are. They, I still haven't been told what the, that it is yet. I don't know what they are either. It looks like a bowel to me, though. We don't know what a bowel looks like. We have seen a bowel. We have. We saw a bowel from 950 years ago. Sure. Okay. You know the slimy, like the when they redid Armist right? Huh? <laughs> they remember they redid Armist and they did it right. It was like slimy and covered <laughs> I, in oil yeah, and whatever. junk. I don't. I, I vaguely have the impression of the episode that you're probably talking about, but it's only last season. I don't remember that image. Oh, I do, because it was real creepy, man. What color stripes does Michael wear? They seem to change like every other episode. 
Yeah, I think it's supposed to be gold. Why? Because she's. Oh no, it's supposed to be silver now. <laughs> right now, in this moment. Yeah. Because she's chief science officer. Yeah. yeah. But so what are they? I don't know. I don't know. She's wearing red. I mean, every episode, like I said, said they it it they they seem to change them every episode. Well, there are reasons that they were supposed to change. I've, I can think of at least four times where they should have changed. Oh, okay. Like they had to change to go to the mirror universe. They had to change when she became an XO. She, they had to change when she became a chief science officer. They had to change when she became first officer. Uh-huh. Okay. I like the idea of a DNA recombination. That's I, I just wrote it down. I don't remember why, but oh, I, probably so I can use it later as a CMO on some other ship. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. But that's a good idea for uh, that was the how they tied together the um, the way they treat radiation. Yep. From the first episode till till now. I like their continuity. Did you notice that when they're sitting there holding Grudge and just let, giving her cameo appearance, Grudge is pretty vocal for a typical cat. Maybe you're not familiar with cats because you're allergic to cats. I, yeah, I am assuming they put a lot of sound effects. Yeah, I mean. Because they were like very well-timed. Yeah, I mean, animals on TV are often more vocal than animals in real life ever are. I just, uh, it always is something I noticed. just love the way that Culper is always so affectionate with Stamets and ca- caresses him just before that kiss and yeah so Stamets though like I, I was shocked that he cared I was like oh he cares yeah. <laughs> I was very surprised by that to be to be yeah. honest but his his caring was more, more like I need you we need you not like yeah. I love you it's gonna be okay <laughs> yep it's like very much like a like a kid he's very much like a kid he- do you have any uh, back knowledge on the actors that play those two people? Have you seen Rent? No. So that's the last time I saw them together, and they were. You should go. Have, you you haven't seen Rent? I have not. I've heard the soundtrack. Um, Slice, you are grounded. I'm sorry. Grounded. I'm a, no more I'm Star a... Trek until you go and watch Rent. I'm a. Go find Rent. It's on something. I don't know whether it's on Hulu or Paramount or fucking HBO. <laughs> you, you know we have HBO, right? Because yeah, yeah, we have yeah. Hulu, so Hulu, we have HBO. Okay. So like on some Amazon Prime something, go find Rent. It's fucking, it's 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 amazing. Go watch All Rent right. and right. you'll see both Anthony Rapp and Wilson Cruz in it. And you what, guarantee you won't recognize Wilson Cruz at first. But like, it, it's so incredible that those two were working together then and now they're working together now so if they're not gay they're used to playing gay characters anyway uh they're both gay okay i mean i just didn't know anthony rap was was part of the beginning of like the me too movement because something happened to him and he was able to call out a relatively big actor and have them taken down i don't want to mention the actor because i don't want to give them more publicity but anthony rap was really like a like a like a pioneer of that freedom fight I just remembered the thing that made me bring up the Ruby Slippers episode. Wowzers. So there's a scene in that episode okay. where the host, uh-huh. Josh Gates, is brought... Oh, he's brought to the Smithsonian to look at a pair of the Ruby Slippers. Uh-huh. And he, the first place he goes to is... Because Washington, D.C. is our Emerald City. And, it, you know, the Wizard of Oz book was supposedly very political and very allegory for... Wait what yeah never have i heard of that ever so the wizard of oz is supposed to be the emerald city is supposed to be the white house and it's supposed to be washington dc 
and the wizard is supposed to be the president of the United States. What? So the first that's scene bogus, that Josh Gates does in Washington, D.C. is in front of the White House, and he totally burns in 2016 or 2017 the president at the time who shall remain nameless. Oh, yeah, Voldemort. Yeah, Voldemort. Uh-huh. Although we probably shouldn't forget and never name again this president because we don't want to repeat this history, but... Knock, knock. Moo. Mm. No, that's not how that works. <laughs> knock, knock. Who's there? 9-11. 9-11 who? You said you'd never forget. <laughs> Is it too soon? I don't know. I was going to... back. Back when we were doing the season one episode where they capture uh, Ash Tyler I was, and they taser him, I was going to be like, taser, taser, taser. Oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> that was probably too soon. Yeah. I said that to somebody the other day. I forget what they were, I forget what they were, they were pointing something at him. I was like, taser, taser, taser. <laughs> but they weren't even like really wanting anything at me. I, if I were you, I would have ducked down and like covered my head, like going into the face of fetal position. <laughs> so, anyway. Um... Now that we've lost half of the audience. <laughs> Probably more than half. Hey, hey, book. Hey, hey, book. Book, listen. Homie, a little warning about the transwarp conduit that leads right here. That would be cool. Like, next time in the future, when you know about a transwarp conduit that leads right to where we are, that's, like, right in the danger zone, mm-hmm. like, if you could let us know, like, a little bit sooner, instead of, like, we're halfway through the exposition of the episode and you're like oh yeah there's this transwarp corridor that happens to lead like right here that maybe the enemy is using to get right here to it like you could if you had told us there was a transwarp we'd have fucking blocked it right yeah, yeah. put something there and made sure that we were watching that but you used to, as she comes up behind you're like oh yeah there's a <laughs> girl book book help us out next time tell us a little sooner i know you're not part of this crew but give me a little help man one of the things i can't figure out about tilly is how long did she impersonate at, uh, Captain Kelly? She's already been captain of the Discovery, the same exact ship that was impersonating the ISS Discovery in the well, mirror universe. Yeah, the very yeah, the very ship that she was captaining, she's captaining again. Isn't that funny? So it seems as if it almost seems as if we've been planning this the whole time. Mm-hmm. But so why is she freaking out? Why, I mean, she should be used to it by now. What the heck? Heck, hell! What the hell? <laughs> Hold your horses. <laughs> That was Tilly yeah, yeah. holding it down a little better than she is right now. <laughs> so there again, we have a reference, by the way, in this episode to the uh, the short tracks, the brightest star. Have you seen the short tracks? Yes, I have. Are you talking about the flashbacks to to Kaminar? Yeah, yeah. The flashbacks to Kaminar are, are scenes lifted straight from the brightest star. Oh, okay. Which is a which is another show available on our bonus feeds. Yeah. Check out our bonus feed, though. It's got it's got our it's got my scintillating discussion of uh, Calypso, yeah. the sexiest Star Trek around. So here's another aside I want to explore. Hopefully, it won't take. Why we never got back from the first <laughs> aside, so we're going further no, aside. No, let's go, for, let's go further aside. Here we go. No, my last aside was what powers the Phoenix, mm-hmm. and we just kind of dropped it. You, no, we didn't drop it. We completely yeah. finished it. Oh, you you decided it was nuclear power. Well, no, I did. <sighs> A member? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Okay. Do you think the actors playing a rank feel the same way that the characters would about being in, in a rank? You know, do, do you think they make those connections? Like, do you think they're 
Are you asking, like, are they play acting? Are they, like, method acting? Are they putting themselves in that actual... I'm sure they are. Which is why Bryce always seems so annoyed. I'm just an ensign. I shouldn't be doing, you know, sitting in this chair. Or I am the captain. Oh, but you can't do that. No, you can't. You can't feel like that. If you were the ensign, you could possibly feel like that. You could. You have to make yourself not feel like that. And as a matter of fact, I have to say that although I didn't expect it, Tilly does an amazing job of becoming a good captain, like, right here. Well, not not just Tilly, but maybe just in, in the I instance where it matters... Uh, when rank does matter and, and she's not trying to represent, you know, the whole ship, then uh, I wasn't talking about specifically Tilly doing this, but any time when there's a rank kind of scenario brought up, then, you know, do you think that they feel, oh, I, sh I can't talk to Patrick Stewart this way. He's my captain, oh. you know, even though Patrick Stewart's not anybody's captain. <laughs> Well, okay, so I do think that some of the actors have reverence for some of the other actors and thus treat them thusly. Like, I know okay. that, like, Will Wheaton has a, a certain love and fondness for his older male co-stars. Yeah. And I'm sure that if they let him get away with it, he would still call them sir or mister. <laughs> you know what Captain. I mean? Act, acting like the little, well, he should be a, at least a lieutenant by now, but... Who, Wesley? Yeah. <laughs> but I thought Picard Wesley should be a captain if he were in Starfleet. <laughs> captain Wesley Crusher. Another Captain Crusher. So uh, I was noticing on the bridge earlier when uh, Tilly's just kind of talking to everybody, or maybe it was a little bit earlier, that they totally ran out of uh, rocks except for the rocks of dry ice. And now uh, they're all evaporating <laughs> around them. So they're they, they have rocks up in the ceiling still, but they happen to be rocks of dry ice. Yeah, didn't you didn't you see last episode they were replacing the rocks and they yeah, replaced yeah. them with dry ice? Yeah, yeah. That's the one of the upgrades for the thirty second century. <laughs> because the first time they got a banger is like all these rocks and the admiral was like, what the fuck are all these rocks? Don't you know we use dry ice now? Get the people down there on the decks and replace <laughs> the fucking dry ice in the ceiling with dry ice. <laughs> what you doing? Random, Rocks in the ceiling. That's just dangerous. Put the dry ice that way. It's all steamy and you can't really see very well. <laughs> what the hell? Rocks. You're just going to trip over everything. It's just stupid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, the, the first thing... Everybody's Nightcrawler. Yeah. The, the first thing I thought when I saw um, Michael beam down onto the... Was it the planet or the ship that they were beaming to? Michael, Michael beamed onto uh, the ship. The ship. Yeah. The Kelpian ship. Okay. Yeah. She shows up in a red hood, and I'm thinking, are they gonna go down that trail? Like a red, like Red Riding Hood re reenactment? That would have been dope. That'd have been cool. And the wolf is a big secret to the middle. Yeah. That'd have been awesome. Instead, they gave us another reason for uh, Doug Jones to sing again. Doug Jones to sing again. Yeah, he likes singing. He likes singing. Which one is Doug Jones? The one that sang for uh, for uh, Arium's funeral. The one who sings during this episode to uh, Sukal. Oh, okay. You know, the one who plays um, Slave Rue and also Saru. Yeah, why didn't you start with that? So just a little bit later, they're exploring their environment. And over their shoulder is total that those beings over there are just... I... I cried out, Falcor! Oh, you're talking about Gormaganders. Whatever they are, it's Falcor! No, those are Gormaganders. That's Falcor! Falcor's a dog face. 
Those things have like fish faces. You've seen them. That's the one that uh, mud came out of in uh, Magic to Make the Sanest Man Go Mud. Sure. <laughs> but for just a second, one of them totally looked like a luck dragon. Sure. Yeah, they do have sort of a luck dragon uh, flowiness to them. I would not ride one of those, though. Which ones? The Gormacanders? Yeah, or... man. They probably go into space and they go under. Did you see that? I think they went underwater. Did you see the one that went underwater? Uh, maybe. Like, can they travel? They can travel in all atmospheres. That's crazy. Okay. Her smile is so bright, this uh, this program that Burnham pretends to turn into. <laughs> Do you ever notice how, especially in this episode, Saru, well, maybe in any episode, Saru likes to give the long answer to a simple question. What's What's wrong with that? Well, some people don't care about the long answer. They, If you ask a yes or no question, they want a yes or no answer. How dare you tell me whether a yes or no question is a yes or no question? <laughs> because that's my anticipation of the answer. Mm-mm, you can't tell me that the, these two answers are the only two answers I'm allowed to give to your question. What if neither one of those fits? What if nothing else is relevant? But none of I can't answer either. I can't answer it those ways. One of those ways. Why not? Neither one of those is because neither one of those is accurate. Is the sun up in the sky right now? I I I cannot give you a yes or no question. I mean yes or no answer. I can't because neither one of those answers is correct because it's not. None of that is true. None of that. Well, you're right. Sense. I picked up. There's a no lot yes or no. <laughs> okay, that, that 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 was a bad example. Okay, so. I mean, um, yeah, but no, no, yes. Is the light on in your closet right now? Uh, also a question I cannot answer. Why not? Because the light in my closet is not on. Therefore, the answer is no. No, I brought a light with me. The light for your closet I, is you, not on. You didn't say the light for my closet. Is You said it's the light in my, is my, is the light in my closet on. And I can't answer that question with a yes <laughs> or a no. You're being difficult on purpose. No, I'm not being difficult. Yes, I'm telling you, you the truth. This is the way it is. I will send you a picture. I have a clip light, it clips onto the shelf, and it's plugged yeah. in, yeah. and then because the light in the closet is uh, flashing every time I turn it on, it's on right now, Yeah. so now the answer is yes. Now it's no, and now it's yes, and now it's no, and now it's yes, and now it's no, and that's why the answer is eh, because I had to turn it off so that I could bring this other light in here, so this light that is in the closet is on, but the light that's in the closet is off. So I can't answer yes or no. You see how far we went there? Would I make a good Saru? Perhaps. Because I just answered those questions. Both questions you gave me, I answered them as Saru-ish as I could. <laughs> and he's not wrong. He's not incorrect at all. There are very few questions you can answer with yes or no. And if you, if you can answer the questions with yes or no, they're probably questions that need to be answered. They're probably rhetorical questions. Well, th it's not just yes or no questions. Probably any question that you ask that, that requires a yes or no is probably rhetorical, to be honest. Like, you probably already know the answer, and you're just asking to be a smartass. So if you're being a smartass, I'm going to be a smartass right along with you. No, I, I, I don't necessarily mean a yes or no que answer question. What? That's exactly what you said. Well, that's the example that I gave of oh, a question that, my heavens. that Saru answers longer than would take. But Welcome to Star Trek Semantics. <laughs> where we discuss all of the ways to say things in Star Trek, whether they be right, wrong, or indifferent. We razor thin cut every word of the Star Trek scripts apart and determine whether the actor was saying the correct word that was in the script or not, or whether their version was better or worse. Welcome, Star Trek Semantics. <laughs> when they first meet the Kelpian, the Kelpian asks a simple question, and Saru gives 
the long answer. And he always gives a longer answer than is necessary. Who's to say what's necessary is my point. To him, that's necessary. He basically asks, who are you? He asks, what program are you from? That's what he asks. Yeah, what program are you from? And he introduces himself and says, we're not from any program. To make his life easier, he could have just started with, we're here to rescue you. That may have shocked him. Like this is, and she's like, "What if he's never? What if she? He didn't know the way the outside world exists, and like he doesn't know anything about the burn. He doesn't know anything. Like, and then you just freak him out by telling him we're basically from another reality, is what? Like they didn't want to freak him out, so that's why he introduced himself and said we're not from the program." My guess at this point was that the the Kelpian they're talking to is a hollow being, and whatever behind that locked door is the real child that they're looking for. Child? Why would there be a child? Well, at, at one point they referred to it as a child. I think Saru and Culpepper are always calling it a child, and Michael's yeah. always calling it just the life form. It's been 120 some years. Like, and also, like, I thought that creature came from behind the door. Yeah, it did, but we have, I, we're not at that point in the episode yet. And we don't know that that creature's not a hollow. What's her name? Or Orion Lady. Is she got a, an alliance with the Borg? Her, some of the things on her ship seem kind of Borgish. They kind of remind me of the Romulans uh, from Picard too. Her screen, her view screen, is a little Borgy also. The way it comes out from the the main view yeah. on Discovery. She just doesn't appear like a hologram like everybody else does. And then those tendrils coming out of the ship is kind of like they remind me of the Borg assimilation tendrils. Tendrils coming out of the ship? Yeah, they're like octopus arms. <laughs> We, we had the, a little flippy dip spore jump drive all through this episode. This episode has been all about us taking little spore jump flippy dips <laughs> because this entire uh, module, the 10 forward module of the Enterprise D crashed on Viridian, not that Viridian, but now that Verubian, the Verubian, <laughs> Peruvian, Verubian, Viridian, 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 Meridian. I live in a building called the Meridian. I don't know if I should say that on the recording. <laughs> Verubian. Verubin. Is it Verubin? Verugament. Aruba Caribbean. Are you waiting to, for me to respond? Because I'm I'm lost now with what you're even trying I don't to know. I'm just the they say the the same the Viridian three and the Starship Viridian <laughs> annoys me. Because why would I not remember Viridian being the place where the Enterprise D crashed? And then you're gonna use it again as a ship name, like right now? Well after Picard came out? Come on now. Her people who made the Viridian never had any effect by that planet. They don't care. They just named their ship after the planet. Whatever, man. They they stole the pieces of the Enterprise D, the rest of the Enterprise D pieces, and they made them part of their ship. Maybe. The Viridian. You know, I mean, why not call one of our starships if we ever get them Earth-1 or Sol-1? Oh, there definitely won't be one called Sol. I'm certain of that. Why not? There definitely will be, yeah. Oh, there's... So, de okay, yeah. yeah. Did that monster say, feed me? Did it? Or like see me? It's not. I don't know what he said. It's not like he was like feed me or like see me. I don't know what the hell he said. Did the, I don't think the monster said anything. The monster I thought he did. Talk. I, I, oh. I I was listening like trying to listen real close, and that's what I I thought I heard something. Oh. Uh, well, maybe you heard more, something that I didn't. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. If you guys heard something, if you heard that creature say something, write it and tell us. Let us know whether I'm crazy or whether I'm crazy. Which one of those things is true? Yes or no, answers only. <laughs> why, why, why was the Starship Discovery cloaked? 
I'm I was lost. Um, they cloaked the Discovery because the uh, Orion ship cloaked itself too. But wait, so they can cloak the ship? Uh, evidently, I mean, they were cool. upgraded with technology from the thirty-second century, like everybody else and was. That's why. They why didn't they that. move somewhere else when they were cloaked? Like, why when the it, cloak falls, are they still right in front of the other ship? Like, you don't want to like sneak away while you're cloaked? Isn't that what cloak is for? Well, okay, so if I'm going to hide myself, I'm going to assume that you're going to assume that I'm going to move. So if I don't move when you expect me to move, oh. then it's still a surprise where I eventually show up. Oh, no, it's a non-flippity-dip while you're cloaked effect. Yeah, just like no weapons. I don't know if they can flippy-dip when they're cloaked. They haven't established that yet. Well, the other thing is, because the Orion ship cloaked, they know that the Orion's supposedly can't use weapons unless there's another technology that was lost just by one prototype being ruined right, or destroyed. Right, because <laughs> right. right, we can definitely fire through. What was it? They, we followed the, the Lursa and Bator's ship. Did they fire when they were cloaked? Gorkon. No, it was General Chang. Chang, yes. Chang, thank you. That was the whole climax of that movie. That's what it was based around. Trying to find their stank from their farts. Trying to find their stinky farts. Because they had to find their tailpipe and find the exhaust, which the exhaust thinks. Gotta shoot right at the tailpipe. Ooh, I'm exhausted. Do you, do you wanna, do you wanna, do you wanna, do you wanna take a break? Real quick. That's what I was offering. Yeah, I got it. I got it. Yeah, I got it now. I don't know, man. Hi, my name is Isaac, and I'm from Australia, and if you're hearing me, that means you also like Star Trek, which makes you a friend in my book. So if you like Let's Talk About Treks, and would like to hear more podcasts, why not give us a try? Search for Unplanned Trek. Welcome back. We took a brief station break there, so hope you enjoyed that uh brief station announcement it was brief very brief i hope it wasn't too brief hey if i have two legs in my pants is that two briefs is it one brief if i have one leg and why is it what if i have three legs is it then a brief and a half you don't have three legs well i mean i'm just saying i i hope you have a third leg. i hope i do too let me check hold on i'm not checking i can feel it it's right there there it is <laughs> just above my tailbone doing there it's in a little bit further forward than that no it's it's just above my tailbone it's not it's not prehensile i i think you're taking that somewhere i don't want to go we boldly go where no one has gone before <laughs> including some of the raunchy conversations that we'll have to bleep out later have you seen riza have you been to i've riza? only seen I've, riza is a filthy i've only place. seen what pg or tv pg lets me see exactly because riza is raunchy Rise sounds like it's a lot of fun, but it also might be very dangerous. Like, I, I, Rise is the kind of place where I imagine they would do, like, like there would be, like, baby oil all over, like, a stone walkway, right? So, like, it would be, like, you just, like, slip into something or, like, hit your head on something, like, any given moment. Like, there's probably, like, baby oil covering, like, the whole planet. It's, like, baby oil, like, cocoa butter oil. <laughs> coconut oil, coconut baby oil. I'm just saying it smells good. Uh, or maybe they cured that by now. So people look good in coconut butter, <laughs> coconut ocean butter, coconut oil, cocoa, cocoa butter lotion, cocoa. I don't know what it's called. Why not, why not just regular straight up 
water-based KY. Oh, girl. Have you smelled KY? It smells a little uh, sweet. It smells like absolutely nothing. And I, if it smells like anything, it smells like- <laughs> Or tastes kind of sweet. Gross. And like later, I, it's so sticky. Yeah, it does so get sticky. kind of- it's, So it's like tacky. It gets like, like, <laughs> like a post-it note. Like your whole body is like a post-it note <laughs> amount of sticky. <laughs> Well, why do you think in the movies, as soon as people get done with sex, they go take a shower? That You're assuming that we're done now, and now you're going to say, okay, cool, 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 enjoy your shower. Get on this motherfucking phone. This motherfucker's going to take a shower, that'd be done. Well. So, I mean, it's my postulation that the... Spore drive operations yes. is a division of engineering. It is, I believe. I, I believe you, but it's science. He wears science colors. Uh, well, the, you need. Yeah, he does. But the, there's only two colors. There's three colors. There is. Yeah, there's a bronze. There's a gold. Oh, there's the uh, copper. Yeah, copper, copper, gold, or is it copper, bronze, and silver? Is that what it is? Well, copper, gold, and so I don't think it's gold. Like for some reason. I don't. I think it's intended to be referred to as the gold as in color not necessarily gold as in gold gold uh, sure like au was that the right symbol AU? yes for gold mm -hmm. yes although in, in a post-scarcity world and and their combatters are certainly made out of enough gold that the ferengi want them then in the post-scarcity world maybe they are do have enough gold that they can just lace it on their costumes uniforms Sure. What? <laughs> you see that back wall sometimes in the uh, sport drive operations, and that's I mean, the regular portion of engineering where the warp core is, is that's through the wall. And in fact, the one time the engineer lady actress person came through, uh, she the comes lady through. actress person. <laughs> what? Are you talking about I, Jet Reno, chief yeah. engineer rescued from the USS Hiawatha? Yes, that lady. Uh. What's the character's name? Jet Reno. It is Jet Reno? Yes, she was named Jet I Reno. I thought that by... was the actress's name. No, the actress, Tignataro, named the character Jet Reno. Okay. Isn't that a special, fun little piece of information? Jet Reno. Yes, I don't know is... where I read this, but what? I do remember she, okay. she, she, named the, she named the character Jet Reno. That's an what, what's her rank? I believe she's a lieutenant. I am not sure. Okay. She must be at least the same rank as Stamets, I would imagine. Because oh, they treat each other like colleagues. Yes. <laughs> okay. Jet Reno yeah. is the chief engineer, yeah, yeah. as far as we know. Yes, we think. I think so. I think so. That's my headcanon. Why does and that Stamets sound? Stamets is the spore drive why, why does that remind me of Jay Leno? It reminds me of Jack Dorino. It does that too. Jack Dorino. And by the way, I am Earl Grey. And so we if you are, were, we are, we are classified. What? What? We are. Uh, let's talk about tracks. We are. That hope is you. That hope is part two. <laughs> uh, so anyway. Yes. Basically, the engineering section where the warp drive is is through that. Sure. Way. It's on the other side of yeah. It's on the other side of sport drive operations. I do believe that is that to be true. Yeah. I, I think that is a factual statement. Okay. Spore drop operations is on the other side from main engineering. Absolutely. 100%. I am down with that. I believe it. It's true. So may it be. So it is. 
Yeah, so why why were I mean they, they show them working on the shields and they're working on in spore drive operations, but wouldn't the chief engineer Jet Reno be still should be the one working on the shields? Uh she might be out doing a tour. Uh she might be in Columbus, Ohio. Yeah uh, this day. Uh besides her work limited working schedule. Uh, she could be. I mean, she does Toledo. actually show up later in this episode, which is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is all true. Okay, so I'm uh, at the point where Michael is investigating down this thing that is locked behind the door, and it shows up and it's standing on the table. Oh. I was wondering. I mean, they did this. They did the thing where something happened off screen again, because she's got a rock in her hand, and where did she get the rock from? She picked it up from the ground. I, I saw it. I mean, yeah, there's lots of places to get rocks. But no, I saw her pick up. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I thought it was so cool, though, how she saw it, and she wasn't terrified by it, just because it's a wispy, wobbly, half-there, scary-looking creature. I would certainly run from that she, thing. That thing she, is terrifying. She, tried to, she put her rock down, she held out her hands in, in a non-aggressive state, and tried to communicate with it. I thought that was so, that's definitely Starfleet. Sure, absolutely. You know, I mean, that's certainly seeking out new life. In a holodeck, I want to add. I'm just saying. Well, in a holodeck where we don't know if there if the if there are safety protocols that the computer's gonna maybe the computer will let the monster kill her. Sure. Oh, sure, sure. And maybe if there's a reason to lock it behind a a, a door, then maybe it is solid enough and real enough that it can harm the person that we're assuming is Sukal. I'm half mind of this creature is the real Sukal and that's how he's been affected by the radiation. That's what he really looks like because the radiation has mutated him in some form to uh, appear like this with all the vapor rapies. So then the other guy is a hologram? Potentially. Okay. Or like they're two parts of the same being, but they're like the old man mentioned that they were you had to get them together in order to get them out. Sure. Did did you ever get the impression that they were calling the child or the life sign, uh, referring to it as as a feminine? See, I can't even answer that question because I can't answer that question because that makes me tell whether it's a male or a female. Oh, okay. I, I just want to maintain that maybe Grudge isn't turn didn't turn out to be Sukal, but uh, I, I still think there's something special about Grudge that's more than just meets the eye. Da 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 da. There's the ship that's trans. Is your ship that's a transformer? I I used the phrase, so I had to do the the thing. Yeah, no, I got you. I, I All just, right. I, I like the Kelpian language a little bit. It, I like how some of the clicking that they do incorporates. I mean, there, there's a spoken, there's a a little bit of a clicking that reminds me of an African language, and there's also a vocabulary vocal, more traditional language that we think of, in, in they kind of mix the two aspects of it together to kind of come up with Kelpian. So you're talking about Hosa. 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 <laughs> I, I think Hosa. so. Hosa. Hosa. The, the Hosa. language that the world was Hosa. introduced to in the movie The Gods Must Be Crazy. I don't know. 
what language <laughs> Oh, it's a fascinating movie. They made a bad sequel to it, but yes. So I wanted to ask, I mean, they're walking off into the distance and the all the real people are how far away from each other. How do holograms work, or how do holodecks work? You know, how do we have a limited finite space yet two people can be kilometers apart from from each other yeah. and experiencing two totally different environments and yeah. two totally different events kilometers away from each other in a finite space this is due to like lensing the the lighting and hologram then in the holodeck works so such such that you're not actually surrounded by an environment but it's making mm -hmm. you see that you're surrounded by an environment so it's like augmented reality like straight into your eyeballs right <laughs> and then there's electromagnetic um track pads underneath you and around you track pads. so you're actually only using the amount of space that you would use to like say drive one of those uh big old robot things like a like a zord oh okay like a pacific rim <laughs> 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 An at at walker. Yeah, yeah. So you'd only use like as much space as you used to pilot one of those. Mm, okay. And it's just like on electromagnetic treadmills, like in every direction. So it feels like you're moving, but you really aren't. And then it looks like you're moving, but you really aren't. So it like oh. lenses everybody so that you can be right next to somebody mm -hmm. and not be right next to somebody. Yeah. So uh, the next scene is uh, Tilly with her first encounter with um, Alyssa. Is that how they're pronouncing it? Yeah, that's her name. Okay, the Orion slave lady. And Tilly, I mean, she again, I mean, we were just talking about this in another episode, is showing that she's got some chutzpah here. And she's standing up to the the bully, like, and, and she certainly took some, uh, she's got her little Irish fire, the redhead fire in her, and definitely learned some something from George O standing up to that, the male Orion in the other episode. She's like, not now, not ever, no. <laughs> yeah. She's like, yeah. Yeah, to which I'm like really proud of and then very embarrassed by at the same time. Yeah, because I mean, I'm like, yeah, but then it still went to hell. Yeah, I'm like, thinking, looking yeah, back on it. But... That didn't work. Oh, so back to the uh, Kelpian language, though, because they sure. keep on using it with, with the uh, guy that they think is Sulkar. Do you know? Are the Okutas still making languages for Star Trek? Did they? I, use I don't. I don't. I don't think they are. I'm not oh. really sure though. Oh okay. Did you notice that window in the background? That round window in that one room with all those steps? It's totally a Shield logo from Marvel. Oh yeah, above the door. Did you notice that? Or? I didn't see it at all. I don't know the Shield logo <laughs> well enough to have noticed it anyway though. Oh okay. Do you think that? one of the reasons they wanted to get Saru out of his makeup is so that they could use it to put the actor that played Salkar into because they didn't have enough money in the budget to use make more than more of the costumes than they already made I'm reminded that George Lucas said what did you say I'm paraphrasing in chapter one you introduce everybody uh -huh. in chapter two uh, they're in a wormhole never to get out and uh -huh. I just have to remember we're about to face next episode, chapter three, they get out. Because <laughs> they got into some heavy shit really quick with uh, Osiris and her not Borg, yeah. Borgy type yeah. ship with its squid-like appendages or yeah. octopus-like appendages. 
so I, I I almost jumped right in and got to the next episode, and I is it a black ship? It's a black ship. Yeah, I think it's we've noticed we've noted that already that that's very unusual. Yeah. When they did that, when did they do it? It was a unification part one or two part one. From yeah, Star three. Trek: The Next Generation. You'll you'll oh. find that podcast by the way on our uh, on our bonus feed. Yep. But in any case, a black starship is very unusual. Very looks looks really hard to do well and make it look good. Mm-hmm. And I am debating whether they did it well or not. I think they did. I can see it very well, but I don't. I don't. It's not very memorable. I think. Yeah. Like I don't remember the shape of it now. Like not looking at it, I don't remember the shape of it at all. I know it's very like angular. But that's yeah. About it. But the one guy that comes in and puts the crown on on Stamets in, in the uh, spore drive cube, do you, do you think she's working with the Borg? Could be. We'll see. Certainly seem Borgy. Right, we'll see. So the last question I have. Uh-huh. How come every single time in Star Trek, when the bad guy wants to take the good guy's com badge, why do they let them? Why don't they block them? Put their hand up there, grab their own, and pull it away, and I don't know, put it in their pocket. I, I don't know. I Swallow have no idea. it. It happens all the time. They yeah. Why? It. Why is it just so easy to take somebody's combat? I mean, because what are you gonna do about it anyway? Like snatch back at it like a child? No, it's not gonna work. No, just grab it before they do. I guess. Take it off. That's my notes for this episode. We're flipping through the credits right now, and uh, thank you for spending your time, your afternoon with us no as doubt. we. Or, or your morning. Or your morning, whatever. Your Please your continue. day. I want to thank my co-host. <laughs> Uh, Jack Dorino for uh, tolerating me these past uh, how long are our episodes? I don't know, like four days long. <laughs> now he's being sarcastic, ladies and gentlemen, and I caught that. Four days long. Our episodes are four days long. <laughs> That's not fair. You're being mean. Now. I'm just kidding. I'm just making a little joke. Oh. I'm sure everyone enjoyed it. I'm sure everyone thought that I'm a jerk for saying it because I'm always I'm always the jerk. And you're always the fun guy. Hey, I'm not a fun guy. I'm at least a bacteria. Okay. <laughs> Say goodnight, Jack. Good Support night. the continued making of this show through Patreon.com. Let's Talk About Trex is a production of Anodyne Relay supported by the Star Trek fan community of listeners like you. We review the copyrighted works of Paramount CBS's Star Trek team, of whom no copyright infringement is intended. You can reach us via email at email at letstalkabouttrex.com. You can leave us a message at area code 202-804-6312. Our producer is David Moody, and our writers, Jack and Earl, are on Twitter as at Trextalkers, and would greatly appreciate the obligatory like and subscribe from wherever you're listening now. We record on Lenovo computers with Zoom, mixed with NCH Mixpad, and master with Kakos Reaper. Our intro, outro, and interstitial musics feature samples from Awakening by Waterboy from Pixabay. Cybernetically enhanced organism. Oh my god, how dare you just call him an organism? Is he not an organism? He's an organism. Okay. Cyborgs don't only apply to humans. Humans are not the be-all and end-all of everything in the galaxy. I see us one day becoming that. (laughs) Certainly dolphins are are better than us. In what way? Show me their great works. They don't need great works. What? They don't need great works. They don't need their great works. And they can have the level of communication and intelligence of people. Are you sure? Are you sure we aren't just like putting that to them? 
It doesn't really mean that to them. It really doesn't mean communication to them. It's just things they say, but they don't understand that those are words and those are sounds that they're saying to say things to each other. They are sentient. Hmm. Prove it. They recognize themselves in a mirror. They pass the uh, X test. You put an X on something's face and show it in the mirror, and they can tell that it's not an X on the other animal's face in the mirror. It's an X on their own face. Both elephants and dolphins pass that test. So they can recognize themselves. In a mirror. At, they recognize I. But it was an X. I meant I as in Are they I, also dyslexic? The word I. Sure. Okay. Now you're just messing with me. I don't think I am. And if you know any of the works of the great and endearing, wonderful Douglas Adams. The Hitchhiker, the Hitchhiker's Man to the Man Estate. Yes. You, you would know that dolphins are intelligent. Orange. Orange? Tangerine. That's uh, Q, not... Halo. 42. 37. Halo? Goodbye. Hello. When are we going to finish this show? Oh, we should get back to our show. Yeah, yeah, we should do it soon because it's getting late. Okay, all right.